Thank you for joining us today for this life-changing message from River of Life. If you are ever in our area, we would love for you to join us. For more information, visit us at rolcrawfordville.com. That's rolcrawfordville.com. Or download our app in the App Store under ROL Crawfordville. Now, let's join Derek Gray as he teaches from the Word of God. All right, so this will be a little bit different. So welcome, uh, everyone, tonight to our short study. I'm assuming everybody can hear me fine, right? It's kind of echoey, but... Uh, so, as most of you know, we started this a few weeks ago. We spent a couple of weeks on truth. Uh, we spent one week on abortion. We spent three weeks on race. And tonight, <clears throat> excuse me, we come to the topic of gender. Now, most times when I teach, uh, my goal is to do it in a way that a sixth grader can understand it. And that's not questioning anybody's intelligence. That's just because that's how I want it explained to me. I want it simple. Tonight's subject is difficult to make simple because it's just confusing. Uh, Something that has been so simple and so clear for so many thousands of years, literally, has all of a sudden just become a topic of confusion. So uh, I'm going to do my best to explain it. Uh, I'm not going to be able to cover everything. Honestly, I had to take a lot of stuff out to get it into, say, 45 minutes. After, I'll be happy to hang around and answer any questions uh, that I can. So here's where we're going to start. We need to start with defining two terms. Now, 25 years ago, I'd have never had to have this conversation. But tonight, this is where we have to start. I want to start by defining the difference between sex and gender. So what is sex? Well, sex is your uh, is, is whether or not you are male or female, right? That's your sex. Um, that is 100% biological. It is determined by your chromosomes and, to a lesser degree, your corresponding uh, anatomy. So, as, as, as you may or may not know, every human cell has 23 pairs of chromosomes. 22 of those pairs are exactly the same in men and women, but it is the 23rd pair that makes the difference. Uh, in females, they have what's called two X chromosomes, and a male has an X and a Y chromosome. We, we learned a few weeks ago, right, you get half your DNA from your mama and half your DNA from your daddy. You get your sex from your daddy. That's that, your, your dad determines that part. So it is in your chromosomes. Now, tonight, I'm going to refer to a study. There was a study done back in 2016 on sexuality and gender. It was a study that actually was a compilation of 500 studies, and they compiled all the results into one. It was done by a guy by the name of Dr. Paul McHugh. Uh, He is a professor of psychiatry, the head of psychiatry at John Hopkins Hospital. And I'm going to refer, I'm going to get some quotes from this study uh, here tonight. And here is the first one. Sex change is biologically impossible. Okay? That's the first thing you need to know. Listen, you can grow your hair longer or cut your hair shorter. You can wear a dress or you can wear pants. You can paint your fingernails or not paint your fingernails. You can even do surgery and change your body. What you cannot do is go into a human body and change double X chromosomes to XY. You can't change XY chromosomes to XX. You can change the outside all you want. 
but you cannot change your sex. That is biologically determined. So when you hear people talk about sex changes or changing your sex, that is absolutely impossible to do. Now, almost everybody is either male or female, but there are some children that are born, and we would call them intersex children. Now, intersex is a, it's, it's a general term for a variety of anomalies in which a baby's anatomy doesn't fit the typical definitions of a, of a male or a female. Now, listen, I'm going to try to be very careful tonight because we've got young children in here. I'm not going to use a lot of, uh, you know, blatant explanations. You guys know the difference between boys and girls, right? You're, you're old enough for that. But basically, this is the way it is. When a, when a, when a baby is born, the doctor, it, it comes out of the mama, the doctor holds it up, takes one look at it, and says, congratulations, you have a boy. Or takes one look at it and says, congratulations, you've got a girl. There are certain babies that when the doctor looks, he can't tell. That is an intersex child. And that is a real thing. Now, by the way, it is extremely rare. It occurs in approximately 2 out of 10,000 births. That is 0.018%. To give you another way of looking at it, the current population in the United States is 335 million people. About 60,000 people are intersex. So think of it this way. Population of Walker County is roughly about 40,000. So if you looked at all the intersex people in the whole country, it's about one and a half times the population of Walcola County. So it's very, very rare. So 99.98% of human beings are either male or you are female. Okay. Now let's turn to the uh, term gender. What is gender? Well, I went to the Merriam-Webster dictionary to look this up and I found something surprising and I want you to listen to me because this is going to be important. According to the dictionary, let me just read what it says. The words sex and gender have a long and intertwined history. In the 15th century, gender joined sex in referring to either of the two primary biological forms of a species. Phrases like the male sex and the female gender are both grounded in uses established for more than five centuries. All right, let me explain what they just said. For, for thousands of years, all the way up to the 1400s, the word gender didn't even exist. So go all the way back to 4,000 B.C. or 2,000 B.C. or, or 100 A.D. or 1,000 A.D. The word gender didn't exist. You were a male or a female. You were a man or a woman. That was your sex. The gender word gender didn't even exist. Somewhere around the 15th century, this word comes up called gender. And, and I don't know how words start. I, don't, I can't explain all that. But for 500 years, gender was a synonym for sex. They meant exactly the same thing. So you could say the male sex or the male gender. The female sex or the female gender, it meant exactly the same thing. And it stayed that way for 500 years until guess when? Just recently. Now, I want you to think about this because this is important. You see, as human beings, we have this idea, especially as young people. Because as young people, you haven't lived long enough to see things change. So you think the way things are is the way things always have been. Think about that. It's, that's just the way you are. You, you've never known a time when there wasn't a cell phone. 
You've never known a time when you couldn't uh, stream a, a movie on Netflix. I, I never heard of that, that you couldn't do that. And you can do that never known a time when you didn't have air conditioning. And, and you've seen pictures in history books. You, you know in your, in your head that there was a time those things exist, but you've never seen it, right? But the fact is, uh, cell phones didn't exist for thousands of years. For thousands of years, you couldn't stream a movie on Netflix in the comfort of your air conditioning. In fact, the, the, the time that we've been able to do those things is teeny, right? Think about that. See, the word gender is the exact same. For thousands of years, you were male or female, boy or girl, man or woman. The word gender didn't even exist. And when it finally comes along, it means exactly the same as sex. It's just a synonym. But all of a sudden, right here in the last 10, 15 years, that's all changed. You see, for thousands of years, a man was an adult human male. For thousands of years, a woman was an adult human female. It was that simple. Very, very simple. And by the way, let me be sure I point this out. The vast majority of people still think this way, right? This is why we don't have sex reveals. We have gender reveals. Right? Because it's the same thing. Everybody knows that it's the same thing. And by the way, science also thinks the same way. This is another quote from Dr. McHugh. There is no evidence that gender identity is independent of biological sex. This idea that you, a boy comes out and in that boy is trapped a girl, Dr. McHugh says that's, there's no evidence of that at all. In fact, he goes on and says this, the consensus of scientific evidence overwhelmingly supports the proposition that a physically and developmentally normal boy or girl is indeed what he or she appears to be at birth. In other words, when that little baby comes out and it's a boy, that's exactly what it is. When that little girl comes out and it's a girl, that's exactly what it is. There's nothing trapped inside trying to get out of the opposite sex. But there is a movement in our country and around the world today that is trying to change all that. And this movement is called gender ideology. And, the, and I'm going to be honest with you. If this was in uh, the universities, which, by the way, it has been in the universities for quite a few years. I wouldn't care. If this was in New York or, or San Francisco, let them do what they want to do. But it's not there. It's here. It's here. And the scary and terrifying thing is they are targeting, they want to change all the, the, the thousands of years, the way we've thought about sex and gender. They want to change that, and they want to target your children to do it. Now, this shouldn't surprise us, by the way. Evil always understands this. Adolf Hitler said this, he who owns the youth gains the future. Vladimir Lenin said, give me one generation of your kids, and I'll change the whole world. Evil's always understood this. Now, how are they doing this? They're doing it in three ways. Number one, they're doing it through the media. They're doing it through television shows and movies. They're doing it through uh, people our kids look up to, you know, these rock stars and music stars, people like Demi Lovato that comes out and, 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 and she's non-binary. They're doing it through social media, these influencers that, that make it seem like it's just the greatest thing. It solved all my problems and, and, and life is just great. And then they're doing it through school curriculums. Now, 
I don't think this is such a problem here in Walker County, but I can tell you across the country, this is being taught to uh, uh, children as young as five in kindergarten. Is our, this gender ideology curriculum is being pushed on them. Now, what is the message that's coming through media and social media and school curriculums? This is the, me- this is the message right here. The message is that your gender is disconnected from your sex. Doesn't matter if you were born a female. Doesn't matter if you were born a male. You can be anything that you want to be. In other words, their message is that gender is no longer binary. I know some of the older folks, you hear that word binary, and you're like, yeah, I don't even know what they're talking about, right? But binary just means one or the other. It's either male or female. So if somebody says I'm non-binary, that means they're, they're saying I'm not a male and I'm not a female. I'm not one of those things. In other words, it's not, they don't tie gender to your sex anymore. Gender is tied to only how you feel. That's what they're saying. Now, the way they look at it, and by the way, this diagram is completely wrong. But this is the way most people look at gender. They see it as a spectrum, right? And on one end of the spectrum is the girly girl. You know, dressed in pink and plays with dolls and likes all the girly things. On the other end is the man's man, the boy who likes rough and tumble and all of that kind of thing. Well, let me tell you, a lot of people don't fit those two stereotypes, right? You may not be the girly girl or the man's man. In fact, you may be somewhere in the middle. And that's what they encourage, right? They, they look for the people that don't fit in. You don't fit those stereotypes, So here's the clear message of gender ideology. If you're a female and you don't fit the social stereotypes of of the feminine woman, then guess what? You're not a woman. Or on the flip side, they'll do this with a male. If you're a male and you don't fit the social stereotypes of masculinity, then guess what? You're not a man. Instead, you are something else. You are transgender or you're non-binary or anything else you want to be. Now, folks, this shouldn't surprise us because when you step away from reality and you step away from truth and you step away from logic, anything goes. You can just make up your own reality. And that's exactly what's happening. These gender identities are coming out of the woodwork. It started out with three, male, female, and other, then it went to 7, then it went to 31, then it went to 50. I saw one list of 72 and another list of 81, and I have no idea what any of them mean. They might as well be talking Greek. They're just making them up every single day. And, of course, as your gender identities grow, your pronouns have to grow. Right? I'm not a he, I'm not a she, so what am I? Well, I'm a they. Or I don't really want to be that. I'm going to make one up. I'm just going to call it. I can't even, I don't know how to pronounce them. They're just made up words, right? Now, listen, I, I don't want to be here talking about this, to be quite honest with you. I, this is the last thing on my mind. I'd much rather be teaching the Bible. I'd much rather be living in truth and teaching things that is going to help us and lift us up and edify us. But this is the culture that we live in. This is a culture we live in, and this is what we have to talk about. So how did we get here? How did we get to a point where in 2007, America had one, one gender pediatric clinic? They had one clinic in the whole country for treating children with gender dysphoria. Today, we have 300. 300. 
Now, that tells you a lot of things. Number one, it tells you the problem has exploded. It has absolutely exploded. By the way, they're not building those clinics for free. They're building those clinics to make money. And it is a big-time industry treating children with gender dysphoria. How did we get to here in, in 15 years? How did we get to the point where a Supreme Court justice, who should be one of the smartest people in the country, can be asked to define a woman, and she says, I can't do it because, in her words, I'm not a biologist. Right? I'm not a vet. I know what a dog is. Right? Not to be a biologist to know what a, what a woman and a man is. How did we get to the point where the only way I'm supposedly able to know if you're a man or a woman is if you tell me your pronouns? How did we get to that point? I'm going to talk about three things tonight in the area of culture, okay? And I want you to listen because if you're a young person, you need to know what's going on. If you're a parent, you certainly need to know what's going on. If you're a grandparent, you need to know what's going on. So I'm going to talk about three things. The first one I want to talk about is gender dysphoria. Now, before I talk about gender dysphoria, I want to talk about another mental disorder. There's a mental disorder called Body Integrity Identity Disorder, or BIID. This is a condition, and some of you may have heard of this. Most of you probably hadn't. BIID is a condition where people identify as disabled. In other words, they have a perfectly healthy body. They got two functioning legs. They got two functioning arms. They're perfectly fine, but their mind believes they're disabled. They really want to be disabled. So what they do, they have a strong desire to amputate one of their limbs. They have a strong desire to cut off one of their legs or cut off their arm. Some of them have a strong desire to be paralyzed. And so what they will do, some of them will mutilate themselves. Others will go to a surgeon, believe it or not, and ask the surgeon to transect their spine and paralyze them. Now, even as I say that, what are you thinking? That's crazy. That's crazy, right? Who in their right mind would ever want to be paralyzed the answer is nobody in their right mind. That's why that is listed as a mental disorder in the DSM-5, which is the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders. That is a mental disorder. Now, you tell me, they go to a doctor, and they say, Doctor, I got this problem. I'm perfectly healthy, but in my mind, I'm disabled. And I want you to, to, to cut my spine in half and paralyze me. Now, you tell me how a doctor is supposed to act. To, to what should he say? Should he immediately recognize that, man, you got a, you got a problem, right? Let's, let's treat the mental issue. Or, or should the doctor say, man, hey, if that's how you feel, come on. Let, let's, let's just get, let's get that transection of your spine scheduled. Let's get you on in here and let's get your, your mind and your body. You're with me? What if, what if this person says, doc, you got to paralyze me? Because this is driving me crazy and I'm going to kill myself. I'm going to kill myself if you don't paralyze me. Should the doctor paralyze them? No. Because that's not their problem. Their problem is here. Right? Any good doctor should treat the mind because he recognizes or she recognizes it's a mental problem. Now, let's look at gender dysphoria. 
Gender dysphoria is also a mental disorder listed in the DSM-5. It's a condition where a person's gender identity doesn't match their sex that they were born with. In other words, they, in their body, they are a male or they are a female. But in their mind, they think, I'm the other sex. I got a male body, but I'm a woman. Or I've got a female body, I'm a man. Right? Now, let's talk about this for a minute. Let's just assume I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a doctor. I'm going to assume gender dysphoria is real. It is also exceedingly rare. It is 0.01% of the population. That is 1 in 10,000. You remember a while ago I said intersex is 2 in 10,000? This is rarer than being born intersex. In fact, if you looked at a population of 30, 335 million people in America, we should have about 34,000 people roughly suffering with gender dysphoria. I'll tell you something else about it. It almost always presents in early childhood, ages two to four, almost always. The majority of children that suffer from it are male. And in fact, the males that suffer from it, 100% of them don't have a father in the home, 100%. And the majority of those, by the way, 70%, if you just leave them alone, they'll naturally outgrow it. Just leave them alone. Don't do anything to them. 70% will naturally outgrow it. Now, I want you to think about that. Okay, let's go back and look at that again. It's rare. Only 1 in 10,000 have it. It almost always presents in early childhood, ages 2 to 4. It's almost the majority of them are male, and the majority, 70%, will naturally outgrow it on their own. Now, let's say one of these, they take them to the doctor. And they go to the doctor, and they say, Doctor, I got a problem. Um, I, I'm in this body, and I know this body looks like a male, or I know this body looks like a female, but in my mind, I want to be the other sex. How should a doctor respond? Should they immediately recognize that you've you got gender dysphoria and we need to treat this up here? Or should they say, hey, if that's how you feel, come on in. Let's get you on puberty blockers. Let's move you to cross-sex hormones. Let's, let's do top or bottom surgery. Surely doctors wouldn't do that, would they? That would be insane. And yet, it is happening across this country every single day. It is malpractice of the highest order, and it is absolutely insane. This is some quotes from Dr. Paul McHugh. Science has shown that gender identity issues in children usually do not persist into adolescence or adulthood, and there is little scientific evidence for the therapeutic value of puberty-delaying treatments. He said this, people who undergo sex reassignment surgery do not change from men to women or vice versa. Encouraging surgical intervention is in reality to collaborate with and promote a mental disorder. Now, that is the director of psychiatry at John Hopkins University. And what he's saying is he's, if you treat the body, you are literally promoting a mental disorder. Let's talk about the next one, social contagion. Something incredible has happened in this country in the last 15 years. Let me go back to what I just said. It's uh, gender dysphoria, incredibly rare, right? Almost always boys, almost always at the ages of two to four. But in the last 10 years, there is a new group that has risen up. 
in 2007, there was no scientific literature at all that this group ever suffered from gender dysphoria. Never. And today, they are the leading demographic of kids suffering with gender dysphoria. Anybody want to guess? Teenage girls. Teenage girls. In fact, they've had to coin a new term for it. Dr. Lisa Lippman of Brown University calls it rapid onset gender dysphoria. In other words, you got a girl and she's born and she goes through ages two and four and she's perfectly fine. Have no problems at all. Never thought about being a boy or wanting to be a boy or anything like that. And they all of a sudden they get around the ages of 12 or 13 or 14, the ages of puberty. And then all of a sudden, boom, I'm a boy. They call it rapid onset gender dysphoria. There's a, a clinic in England called the Tavistock Clinic. This clinic is the national gender clinic for their healthcare system in England. And I'll mention them again a little bit later. But they saw a 4,000% increase of girls in the last 10 years. Not four, not 40, not 400, 4,000% of girls presenting with gender dysphoria. Now, we got to ask the question, what's going on? Is it, is it something in the food? Is it, is it drugs? Is it some, some drug? I mean, what's, what, is, what is happening? Well, the answer turns out to be pretty obvious, and it's really the only explanation. It's called social contagion. Social contagion, psychology today says this. Social contagion refers to the tendency for people to mimic the behavior of others whom they've been exposed to. Now, this isn't anything new. How many of you, you know, have heard something like this from your mom and dad? Tell me who you hang with, and I'll tell you who you become. Or show me your friends, I'll show you your future. Or 1 Corinthians 15, do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. See, we all know that who you hang out with is going to affect you. That's really what social contagion is. You hang out with the wrong people, and you get affected. Here's a, 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 I want to read a couple of these. Um, there's a lot of kids that have gone through uh, uh, transition, and they're getting out of it. They realize they messed up. Here's a girl by the name of Helena. She said this, when I was 15, lonely, and I hated my body, I got sucked into gender ideology online. My school encouraged me, and I was easily prescribed a high dose of testosterone at 18, and it was very damaging. And now she's gone back to being a girl. Here's a girl named Jessie. She said this, the LGBT community online brainwashed me into thinking that my confusion and pain was gender dysphoria at 16 to 18. I am so grateful I only socially transitioned. At 24, I am happy, thriving, feminine, I love being a woman and was never anything else. You see, here's what happens. We know that teenage girls suffer depression at higher rates than boys. We know that girls suffer social anxiety at higher rates than boys. We know that girls going through puberty are uncomfortable with their bodies. A lot of these girls that are having these problems also have other issues. For example, eating disorders, cutting. There's, there's been abuse in some cases. There's also family issues. And so what happens is, is, is you can get to a point where they're sitting there, they're lonely, 
they don't have a lot of good friends. They're at a place where they're thinking, man, I'm not like other girls. I don't fit in. What's wrong with me? And a lot of times they get around other girls or they get around a, a, a chat room or in a social media community. And somebody says, you know what, what might be your problem? One of the reasons you're so unhappy is you might be in the wrong body. You, you're probably not a girl. Why don't you just think about coming out and, and, and be who you really are, and then you'll be happy. This will cure all your problems. And so guess what? A lot of times they do. And when they do and they come out as transgender, they, are, they re- immediately receive this validation, right? Man, you are, you are so brave. You are so courageous. You are, you are so heroic. I mean, just everything they've been craving, they are given. So they go to a doctor, and the doctor should immediately recognize what's going on, but he doesn't. In fact, one of the craziest things is our children are allowed to go to the doctor and self-diagnose. And instead of treating the mental issues, they are given what's called gender-affirming care. In other words, don't ask any questions, just get them on the puberty blockers. So almost immediately... They will put them on puberty blockers. By the way, one of the puberty blockers they give to children is Lupron, which is the same drug that's used to chemically castrate pedophiles. It's a drug that's known to cause vision problems. It's a drug that's known to cause brain swelling, and they are giving it to our children. Now, you would ask, why? Why would any doctor do that? Well, here's why. The argument is, is that these girls are suicidal. And by the way, that is true. Their, their suicide or attempted suicide rates in this, in this group of girls is very high, like 50% of them. And so the argument is, if we make them go through puberty, it, it's just going to be too traumatizing, and the, the rates of suicide or, or the risk of suicide is going to go even higher. And that's a good argument, right? I mean, that's what they're saying. Let's, let's get them on hormones, let's get them on puberty blockers, and let's get them feeling better about themselves. And the sad thing is, is parents who disagree are bullied. And they're bullied in a really subtle way. This is what they would say. They'll say something, would you rather have a dead daughter or a live son? I mean, what do you say to that? I mean, it is a, you put your parent between a rock and a hard place. Now, here's what you don't know and they don't tell you. There are absolutely zero studies, zip, none, that show blocking puberty has any effect at all on suicide rates. There are also zero studies that show putting kids on puberty blockers has any long-term mental health benefits, none, zero. They don't tell you that. And nearly 100% of kids who get on puberty blockers will go to cross-sex hormones. And once you go to cross-sex hormones, you will be infertile. A girl that goes to cross-sex hormones more than likely will never be able to have children. All of that on the basis of a self-diagnosis. How's it possible? This is a girl named Chloe. Chloe came out as transgender at 12 years old. She was put on puberty blockers at 13. She was crossed sex hormones at 14. She had a double mastectomy at 15, and she changed her mind at 16. 
Where are the people who are supposed to be looking out for our children? She was 12 years old. 12. 13, they put her on puberty blockers. 14, she's on cross-sex hormones. 15, they do top surgery, a double mastectomy. And at 16, she's like, this didn't change anything. I still don't like my body. I still, I'm still depressed. I'm still, I got issues, right? Where are the doctors? Where are the teachers? Where are the parents? Where are the administrators that are supposed to be looking out for our children? Now, this leads us to this question. Who in the world is doing this? And, and not only that, why? Well, I think there's different reasons. I do think, and I'm going to give, I want to give, I do think there are people out there that really want to help. I believe that. I believe there are, are, are people that, that come into these kids' lives and they see that they're unhappy. They see that they're possibly suicidal and they are really want to help. They're misguided. They're not helping the right way, but they do want to help. That is some people. There are other people, I'm going to be honest with you, they're in it for the money. Planned Parenthood, they're in it for the money. This is big, big money. These consultants that come into our schools and have all these curriculums and they want to teach uh, or, or they go into these companies and, and teach uh, all this in these companies. This is, this is big money, writing books. Some people are just in it for the money. And then there are these activists. Now, these activists, they're all in. These are the, by the way, these are the predators, and I'm going to call them predators, that are in these chat rooms. They're on social media. They're looking for who they can get. They're like a roaring lion looking who they can devour. And for them, by the way, it's not enough. You know, I, you know, if, if they would come and say, look, we got certain people that are struggling with their sex and their gender. Can we create a third bathroom for them? I think everybody would say, yeah, I got no, I got no problem with that. But they don't want a third bathroom. They want that boy in the girl's bathroom. That's what they want. How about a, uh, there are people that say, hey, why don't we have an open category for sports? If you're a boy, you're on the boy's team. If you're a girl, you're on the girl's team. And if you're one of the others, you can be over here. No, nope. they don't want that. They want that boy on the girl's team. They don't want safe spaces for girls. Folks, listen, girls need safe spaces. They need their own bathrooms. They need their own locker rooms. They need their own prisons. They need to be kept away from men in those spaces. But these activists, that's not what they want. They want to abolish it all, and they want to do it now. Now, you, you may say, why? What's the point? I'm going to tell you what's the point. Chaos is the point. Chaos is the point. They want social upheaval. That's exactly what they want. And this is how they plan to get it. Now, I got good news and bad news. Just last month, you remember a while ago I mentioned Britain's Tavistock Clinic that saw the 4,000% increase. Y'all remember that over in England? They shut it down last month. The reason they shut it down, there was a girl by the name of Kiara Bell. You can go Google it tonight. Go read Kiara Bell, my story. Young girl. Uh, a lot of problems at home, a lot of issues. She was a tomboy, um, uh, but pretty much had a good childhood until she started puberty. And the boys didn't want to hang out with her anymore. She didn't really have any girlfriends. And, and then she got in these chat rooms, and it just went from there. 
And so she went to the doctor. The doctor didn't try to talk her out of it. They put her on puberty blockers. They put her on cross-sex hormones. Um, I think she had top surgery. And guess what? She changed her mind. She realized at the age of 20, 21, that this, this isn't at all. It didn't make any difference in her life, which is, you understand that, right? Because the problem is here. It's not here. You're just, you're just changing the outside. You're not changing who you are. So guess what she did? She sued him. Good for her. She sued him, and the court examined the medical protocols, by the way, which are the exact same medical protocols that are used in the United States, and the court was absolutely horrified. They were horrified that not only were young girls, as, 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 as young as the age of 12, allowed to consent to treatments of which they certainly did not understand the ramifications. The clinic could produce no studies. The, the court said, show us your studies. Show us the proof that what you're doing benefits those girls. And they could produce absolutely nothing. They had no studies at all showing that what they were going to do was going to do any benefit at all. In fact, after they shut them down, they finally produced a study that they had done. They did a study on 44 patients. They were girls between the ages of 12 and 15. They were all put on puberty blockers. And they followed them for several years. And this is what their study showed. No significant effect on their psychological function, their thoughts of self-harm, or their body image. It changed absolutely nothing. And in some cases, it did incredible harm. Good news, England is backing off. Sweden and Finland are also backing off and placing similar restrictions on the treatment of gender dysphoria, specifically this idea that they have of gender-affirming care. In other words, if they come in there, you just affirm them, right? They're saying, don't do that anymore. You need to stop, and you need to look at each case, see what's going on, and treat the mental first. So that's the good news. Other countries are backing off, but not America. Not America. That's the bad news. Despite no evidence of benefits and real evidence of harm, this government and this country is doubling down. Everybody else is backing off and saying, okay, we got we to rethink this. Something's not right. America is pushing ahead full bore. I want to talk uh, just a couple of minutes very quickly about what the Bible says. And I'm not going to go deep into gender. I could probably spend two or three weeks talking about gender in the Bible. I'm just going to talk about three things. Number one, the Bible is clear that sex and gender are the same thing. Biblically speaking, God's design for human beings is two genders. You are a male and a man, or you are a female and a woman. And that is assigned to you biologically at birth. John Piper says this, Manhood and womanhood are glorious realities that transcend biology, but are never to be severed from biology. Let me tell you what he means. There's more to being a woman than what your body is, and there's more to being a man than what your body is, but it's certainly not less than that. In other words, you, you, your, your male anatomy and your female anatomy is part of your womanhood and part of your manhood. It's not all of it, but it certainly cannot be severed from it. The Bible does not give us free reign to choose our gender identity. He made us. He gets to choose. If you give me a blank sheet of paper and I just sit down with a set of paints and I decide to create a painting, it's my choice what I paint. God is the creator. 
God is the maker. Our body belongs to him. Jesus said, Matthew 19, 4 through 6, have you not read that he who made them at the beginning made them male and female? That's his choice. Now, by the way, if you're confused about that, that confusion is not coming from God. First Corinthians 14, 33, God is not a God of confusion, but a God of peace. So if there's any confusion in your life about gender, I can tell you one thing. It's not coming from God. It's not coming from the Holy Spirit. Number two, two genders reflect the image of God. I want to read you two scriptures real quickly. Genesis 1:27. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Genesis 5, 1 through 2, when God created mankind, he made them in the likeness of God. He created them male and female. What these two scriptures tell us is this. When God made us, when it says he made us in his image, what it means is there's something that God did inside of us that's different from plants and animals. He, he put his image inside of us. He imparted something of, in, of himself to us. For example, we can think. Right? We are rational creatures. We think about things like God. Dogs don't think about that. Cabbages don't think about that. But we do. We think about the big subjects. And there's things inside of us like creativity and, and, and intellectual and emotional capacities, leadership, relational abilities, empathy, compassion, mercy, forgiveness. Those are all part of the image of God. And here's what I want you to understand. Men and women are different. But our characteristics are given to us by God, and each of us reflects his image. I cannot, as a man, fully reflect the image of God. I can't. There are certain things a woman can reflect him in a way that a man can't. And there are certain ways that a man can reflect God that a woman can't. Put them together, and you've got the full image of God. Two genders are beautiful. That's how God intended it. The third thing I want you to see, and I want you to listen very closely. I'm not sure, sure how good I'll do explaining this, but two genders set us free. You see, God created us male and female not to restrict us. People say, well, that's just so restrictive, right? You're just trying to tie me down, and, but that's not the point of it at all. The whole point is to set us free to live lives within those genders. Here's what I want you to understand. The world sees gender as a single spectrum with women on one end and men on the other. I don't think God sees it that way at all. I think God sees males as a spectrum and females as a spectrum. And it gives you the freedom as a woman to exist somewhere on that spectrum, right? You don't have to be the, the pink, play with Barbies girl. You can be the tomboy and still be a woman, right? You're still female, that sets you free to be the woman you want to be. The same thing with men. Not every man is going to be hunting and fishing. Maybe they want to bake cakes. You can do that and still be a man on the spectrum of God. Now, you put those two together and you've got something that's absolutely incredible. But that's how God's gender sets you free. Two more things and I'll promise to be quiet. I want to make a biblical diagnosis. Now, as I said earlier, I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a doctor. I have no idea what's going on out there. I don't pretend to understand it. But one thing I do know is the Bible, right? And here's what I think. I think our culture has strayed from God. We've strayed from truth and we've lost our identity. We've lost the purpose of our lives. And that the result of that, by the way, is chaos. Absolute chaos. G.K. Chesterton said this, the danger when men stop believing in God is not that they'll believe nothing, but they'll believe anything. Our culture 
has taken something that was so simple, man, woman, so obvious and so beautiful, and we have turned it into something absolutely absurd. I want you to I want to read a scripture and you tell me if this isn't a prophecy or a picture. This was written 2000 years ago. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened and claiming to be wise. They became fools. If that's not America in 2022, I, I don't know. I don't know what is. I want to close with one thing, and I get asked this question sometimes, um, and that is, how do we relate to transgender people? Whether it's at school, whether it's at work, whether it's at uh, in your neighborhood, at some point, you are going to have to relate to someone who is transgender. I think there's three areas that we relate to them with their name, with their pronouns, and in our spaces. So I've put a lot of thought into this. I would encourage you to do the same. Don't wait till it happens. You know, I tell people all the time, go ahead and think about it. <laughs> so when it happens, you're, you're ready. So let's say, for example, uh, I have a, um, a, in my neighborhood, a guy moves in, and I'm out walking one day, and he walks up to me, and I can clearly see he's a man dressed like a woman. That's as clear as a bell, right? I mean, I'm not blind. He's a man dressed as a woman. And he introduces himself, and he says, hey, my name is Sally. Okay, what am I going to do, right? Now, I've thought a lot about this. In one sense, names are kind of arbitrary, right? You can have, for example, we have names that some girls and boys have the same name. There's Alex, boys named Alex, and girls named Alex. People name their kids whatever they want. You can name your kids after a car. You can name your kids after a planet. You can name your kids after grandma or a letter of the alphabet, right? You can do whatever you want to do, and people do, right? They name them some crazy things. In that sense, a name is kind of arbitrary. So what would I do? I, honestly, I would try. Now let me say this first of all. Everybody deserves to be treated with respect. I'm not going to be rude. I, I'm not going to do that. I'm sorry. Everybody deserves. I may not agree with you. We may be on completely different planets as far as the way we think. I will not be rude to you. I will treat you with respect. Now, what would I do? I would try, if possible, to avoid calling him anything, right? Hey, guy. I mean, I can't say guy, right? I don't know what I would do. But if, if I had to default to calling him Sally, put it that way, I could live with that, right? I could probably live with that. But here's where I draw the line. I cannot call a male a she. I can't do it because that is a lie. And my Bible says, do not lie. I just can't do it. So I've already made up in my mind, whether it's on my job, if a situation comes up and I'm, I'm, I'm not going to do it. If, I'm, if they fire me and I have to find another job, then, then so be it. But I'm not going to call a man a she. I'm not going to call a woman a he. The other thing I'm not going to do is applies to spaces. Let's say, for example, on my job that uh, I was traveling and, and normally they ask, let's say they ask two men to room together to save money or whatever, right? And there's a, there's a woman who's transitioned to a man, and they say, well, you got a room with her. Well, that ain't going to happen. That's not going to happen, okay? Again, I, I've already made up my mind. So if I'm asked to share that space, 
I've already made up my mind that's not going to happen. I would encourage you to think about those things now. Go ahead and make up your mind what you're going to do. Don't get put into a corner where you have to think very quickly. I, I encourage you, as I always do, choose truth. Choose truth. You're never going to go wrong choosing the truth. There's a lot of people. There, there are lies out there upon lies upon lies upon lies. But you can choose the truth. Let's pray. Father, Lord, uh, we thank you for this time. We thank you for uh, what you do here. We thank you for giving us an opportunity to, to speak about things, that we live in a country where we can still do this. Um, God, I pray that if there's anyone here tonight struggling with gender, if there's anyone here tonight that, that's getting into places and hearing things and, and being influenced in ways, God, I pray supernaturally do something in their life. Supernaturally. If they don't have parents that, can, can, that are where they need to be, then you put a mentor, put a disciple somehow supernaturally in their life. God, I pray that for these young people that you reveal to them what a real man is and what a real woman is. God, the beauty of walking in their gender. God, if they do that, they'll never regret it till the day they die. God, I, I, I pray, do what we cannot be there every day. God, you can. You can walk alongside these, these young people, God. Be there with them as a guide and a teacher and a helper and a comforter in a way that we can't. In, in Jesus' name, amen. I need y'all to stay seated. Thank you again for watching our message from River of Life. If this message has touched you today, or if you need someone to pray with, please contact our office at 850-926-1200 or email us at info We also want to encourage you to visit us Sunday mornings at 10.30 or Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Please visit us at rolcomfortville.com for more information and